As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Being Better with Brittany, everybody. Um, I had so much fun recording in our Boca studio last week. It's uh, this week I'm back in Ohio, and um, it is a, a very Ohio day outside, nice and nice and gloomy and gray and much less sunshine than what I was blessed with last week. So, um, So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, behavior. Um, I feel like, you know, sometimes I start with that and then, you know, the topics kind of take over and, um, but, um, but I still get asked a lot of questions about, you know, behavior and and certain aspects of it. So I figured today we'd talk about, uh, the functions of behavior and, you know, why people do the things that they do. And so some of this is going to be geared, um, just because of what I do is geared more towards kids. Uh, so parents out there listening, uh, this one is mostly going to be for you. Um, before I get into the, the functions of it. So, so what I do as a behavior specialist is, um, I do what's called, um, applied behavior analysis and with behavior analysis, um, there's, there's certain things that you, you focus on prior to fixing a a problem behavior. So, um, one is focusing on more observable behaviors. Um, so it, it focuses on observable aspects of behavior, meaning that it focuses on what we can see happening. Um, we pay attention to what events occurred before and after a behavior uh, that provides us clues as to why the behavior is occurring. So by, you know, that belief, then assessing the environment and factors surrounding a behavior, we can sort of start to understand why behaviors are occurring and um, and once we figure out the why, then we can kind of figure out, um, you know, what sort of course we're going to take from there, what sort of strategies we're going to imply um, from there. 
when you focus on observable behavior, um, it's important to be objective about it. So um, this starts from, from the very beginning when you're first describing the behavior that you want to change or a skill that you want to teach. Um, so, for example, a lot of people will say to me that their kid is having a is throwing tantrums or they'll say that something happened and and so and so got upset okay so when i say the word tantrum every kid their tantrum looks different or likely creates a different image in people's minds so when you hear the word tantrum do you imagine that that Kid is crying, screaming, laying on the ground, running away, saying no, or any other behaviors like that. Yeah. So it's so many different things that it's hard to pinpoint what exactly is is problematic about it. There's um you could also like, oh, my husband's such an asshole. Well, okay, so what does that exactly mean? Are are they constantly, you know, yelling at you and and putting you down or are they genuinely, you know, mean and yelling all the time? Like that's, there's, there's too many, it's too vague to describe something just as that. So all of the things that I described before, like crying, screaming, laying on the ground, those are all observable and specific things that you'd want to use when describing a behavior that you don't like. Um, another thing to keep in mind too is that, Every behavior, even if it looks similar, especially if you have multiple kids, one kid throwing a tantrum is going to look completely different than the other kid throwing a tantrum, probably. Um, So each behavior definition, each behavior that you're looking to um, to treat should be individualized for that specific kid, that specific situation. Um, And you know, sure, one thing that works for one kid could work for another, but sometimes it's very much not the case. I've had kids before where I've tried literally every trick in the book and, um, you know, I can't for the life of me figure out what exactly it is, um, you know, that's going to combat this this problem behavior. So, um, so, yeah, those are, before going into it, those are just some things to keep in mind when we look at behavior. So the functions of behavior from a behavior analysis standpoint, um, these refer to the reason someone's engaging in the behavior. So what exactly is maintaining this, this behavior that they're engaged in? So there's four things we in, in my business call it or refer to it as SEAT. So SEAT is an acronym for sensory, escape, access, or attention, and tangible. So a tangible meaning they want access to something. Um, and so basically they're, they're trying to gain something or they're trying to get away from something. Um, as anyone, that's the most basic portion or the most basic way to, to describe it. Um, and so that means that for any behavior that's occurring, it's happening because an individual is either receiving attention, gaining access to an item or activity, escaping a demand, or um, because it makes them feel good. Um, and uh, 
there, like, let's say you have a student who's um, constantly pacing in the classroom. Okay, so your your behavior there is pacing the classroom, walking around the classroom. Are they doing it because they're trying to get out of the work that they're doing? Are they trying to get the teacher's or friend's attention? Are they doing it just because it feels good to be up and, and walking around? Um, are they trying to get access to the like toys or fun things in the classroom? There's there's multiple reasons they could be doing this. And by figuring out what's happening before that behavior is occurring and what's happening after that behavior is occurring is what's going to tell you what the function of that behavior is. Um, and, you know, so when I'm sitting there doing that, you know, I have my my data sheets out. I have. Um, what's called an ABC chart. And so an ABC chart is basically um, an antecedent. That's the A, B for behavior, and C for consequence. So what happened directly before the behavior happened? What happened when the behavior was occurring? So that's when I'm going to be using those objectable or objective and um, descriptive words for the behavior, and then a consequence. So what happened directly after that? Um, so for example, let's say, um, just to make it really simple, um, a home example would be a mom tells her child to get on her shoes. The child screams, yells, throws something. Mom gets the shoes herself and puts them on the kid. So antecedent would be that the mom told the girl to get her shoes. Behavior is the screaming and the throwing. And the consequence would be that the mom gets her shoes herself instead of having the daughter do it. So you can see where the problem is there. Um, another really simple one for a school, a teacher asks a question, student raises their hand, the consequences the teacher calls on the student, right? So pretty um, pretty basic stuff there for you. Um, so when we're talking about each function, so if you think that uh, behavior is attention seeking some clues that the behavior is maintained by an attention function be let's say the uh the child was previously receiving attention from somebody and then that person stopped giving attention to the child right before the problem behavior occurred right so then you know they're engaging in that behavior so that the attention continues um or immediately after the problematic behavior somebody gave that child attention. So um, this is this is probably the one that I see the most. So let's say you have a toddler and um, your toddler has been uh, engaging in some hitting behaviors, right? Toddlers love to, that they get in that phase where they like, they hit you for, it seems like no apparent reason, but let's say you're sitting there and you're playing, playing with your child, you're, or you're talking to them, you're commenting on something that they're doing, um, whether they're playing by themselves or they're watching something, and all of a sudden you stop, you look down at your phone, your kid comes over and hits you. Well, you immediately probably say no or stop or we don't hit or something of that nature. Well, guess what? You just gave that attention-seeking behavior attention by saying no, stop, or we don't hit. It doesn't, it may not seem like that's, um, you know, because your initial reaction is to tell them that because you don't want them to be hitting, you don't want them um, to be doing that to you or anyone else. But 
by engaging in that behavior, you just gave it attention. That's probably the hardest part about attention seeking behavior is because really anything you do aside from ignoring it, um, fuels the function. So, um, so yeah, so remember that reprimands like no, or don't do that are also a form of attention. Um, if they are, if it's the access or the tangible function, um, so let's say a preferred item or activity was taken away from the child just before the problematic behavior occurred. Um, the kid was probably told, no, not right now, or you have to wait. Uh, or immediately after the problematic behavior occurred, someone gave the individual a preferred item or activity. You're probably sitting there thinking like, well, why would somebody give them their preferred item or activity right after they had this problematic behavior? I see it all the time time all the time because so many times it's just uh, to people it's just it's easier to give in to it and to um you know they think that that's just the easier route to stop that problem behavior of like yelling or screaming or whining oh I hate a whiner it's just not my favorite like it's just the noise of it makes my skin crawl and um and yeah, so I, I feel for people on, on that front. Um, but um, yeah, when, when you give in to it like that, you're just fueling the, fueling the behavior and you're making things so much harder on yourself and you don't want to do that. Um, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are talking about the functions of behavior. Um, we just talked about the attention-seeking behaviors and um, tangible or access-seeking um, behaviors. So, um, again, those are going to be um, a problem behavior occurs when a child wants attention for something or if they want access to a preferred item or activity. Um, those are probably the two... Um, those are probably two of the most common ones, um, followed by the escape function. So an escape function is just what it sounds like. Um, you want to get out of doing something that you were asked of doing. I feel like that's, that's probably more so an adult behavior issue at this point. Um, but you know, you can tell if something's an escape maintained behavior, um, because you know, the child was instructed to complete some sort of task or do something right before the problem behavior occurred. Um, 
or immediately after the problem behavior occurred, uh, the expectation to complete that task was taken away. So, for example, your kid's sitting in school. They uh, The next class they have to do something for is math. They hate math. Teacher gives them a math uh, task to work on. They say no, or they just sit there and don't do it, or they that's when they begin to you know, yell or, uh, God, I've had kids, um, start throwing things right away. Um, so in that instance, if the math activity is removed because of that behavior, then that maintains the, uh, escape function. Um, and then sensory is, I don't know, I see, I see it a decent amount, but it's kind of harder to, to observe because you can't really tell when something feels good uh, to somebody, you know, that they're doing it just because it feels good. Um, but some ways to tell if it's uh, a sensory function would be, um, again, if it, if it occurs right when the individual was alone and no tasks were given. So um, if the behavior would happen, whether people were around or you asked them to do something or took something away, just whatever the case was, if the behavior occurs, no matter what, it's probably a sensory seeking uh, function. And um, and it's probably going to occur across all settings, all people, all activities. Um, it's it's not going to be at a specific time of day or, like you know, when you ask them to do a certain task. Um the student or the kid is just doing it because it feels good to do. Um, and so knowing these things, once you can identify the function of a behavior, um, then, you know, then you can move on to finding strategies that reduce this problem behavior. Um, so some other examples of things just, um, to put into context, um, because, I know there's lots of different behaviors. I I hear I hear a lot of, um, you know, I told I told little so and so to turn off the iPad. The kid yelled no 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 and cried for two minutes. So mom took the uh, iPad away. Okay, so obviously that's access to something. Even um, there's also you run into that certain things can certain functions can kind of overlap. So in that instance too, the child also got attention for yelling, no, 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 and crying for two minutes straight or, you know, whatever it was. Um, So depending on what's maintaining that behavior, that's going to dictate, you know, where you're going to go from there. If it's, if it's mainly the issue of the access to the iPad, then you're going to treat that not, not necessarily the attention work on things uh, so that you're not giving attention to it but um, but otherwise uh, you're going to mainly focus on what's the main um, function behind that behavior um, so like I said with um, with any of the behaviors and no matter what their function is um, you're going to either provide some sort of strategy or teach them a new skill um, in order to, uh, you know, mitigate that problem behavior. And because the other thing we want to do is we don't want to just stop a problem behavior. 
we want to teach a replacement behavior instead of that. We want a, a similar behavior that's more appropriate that also maintains that function. So, for example, with the iPad, instead of saying no, no, no and screaming when they're asked to give the iPad back, one thing you could teach instead is to ask for another minute, ask for more time, or ideally what you would like to happen is for them to just say, okay, and then, you know, put the iPad away. Um, Saying okay and putting the iPad away doesn't get them the iPad though, so expecting that of them right away is um, is going to be a little bit tricky. So um, on next week's episode, we'll talk a little bit more about some proactive strategies that you can use and some reactive strategies um, when handling types of problematic behavior. Um, I think that, you know, with practice and consistency, you, it's, it's really, it's really amazing what you can, what you can see happen when you really stick to, to the strategies that you decide to import, because, you know, these behaviors weren't learned overnight and they weren't maintained overnight. Um, A lot of times, you know, I've said before, if you that's the thing about consistency is if you don't stick with something and you slip up one time, then, you know, your words pretty much shot to shit. Um, which, you know, it is unfortunate when you're dealing with something that didn't just, you know, come out of nowhere and, um, and start happening, you know, overnight. Some of them I do think kind of feel like they, they have it, especially after the holidays, you have all these new toys And there's all this, you know, new stuff that, um, you know, let's say your kids never had an iPad before and they got one for Christmas or they've never had a PlayStation before and they got one for Christmas. And then, you know, obviously when you tell them no or that it has it's time for it to be all done, you know, that's going to create a whole new that could create a whole new problem behavior um, in saying no or not asking for more time or, you know, just completely ignoring you. Um, so just knowing these things and what's maintaining their functions helps to, like I said, figure out, um, you know, where you're going to go from there and how you're going to treat the behavior. So next week we'll talk some strategies and, um, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, hopefully you will join in and I will talk to you next week. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.